Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Hey, how are you doing? 11 p.m. a.m. Hello. It's been a long weekend, but I am glad to be able to share the word with you guys today. How many are excited for the word of God today? Hey, come on. My voice is a little hard or uh, horse, horse, but uh, I got something on the inside. I got to get it out. And uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to share with you today. How many of you guys brought your Bibles, huh? Come on, let me see your Bible. Because you got to sound like this the whole time? Yes. Yeah, it's important to read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we got some out front. Uh, if you do have a Bible, go home and just read it. Read it. Start in the book of John. That's a great place to start. You can start at the beginning. Uh, but uh, if you got questions, just reach out to some people in the church. Be like, hey, this doesn't make sense. What does this mean? What does that mean? It's important to read your Bible. TED Talks are good, but the Bible brings transformation. And so I, it's changed my life, and it'll change yours too. So make sure that you get in the Word of God uh, frequently, hopefully on a daily basis, five minutes, a few minutes, a verse a day, whatever it may be. A verse a day, keep the devil away. Say that about anything. An hour a day, keep the devil away. <laughs> Hey, we're going to be reading out of Psalms chapter 150. 150? I didn't know there's 150 Psalms. Well, there is. We're going to be reading the last Psalm, Psalm 150, on this men's conference Sunday. Come on. And it reads as follows. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Otherwise, it's like his church. You know? Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for the surpassing, his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. We talked at men's conference what that trumpet represented. Now, how many of you are at men's conference? Let me see you. Let me hear you. That sounded like a 40 men right there going with hoarse voices you know, right there. We heard that trumpet. It went like, what did that represent? Well, it should have been at men's conference. It was good, though. It was really good. Let's praise him with the harp and the lyre. Now we're talking about instruments, you know. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. How many of you guys want me to bring out the tambourine? Huh? I could, I could do those dance moves, but some of you guys might not want to see that. You know, dance moves are good. You know, it's important to be able to dance before the Lord. You know, be able to move around a little bit. You know, I, w I wouldn't advise doing that low, low, low. I wouldn't advise that. You know, it's okay to loosen up a little bit. Dance before the Lord. Praise him with the strings and the flute, guitars, you know. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything that has breath, that's you, that's me. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And then it says again, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm excited to share with you guys today and uh, on this topic. If you're taking notes, write this down. Where did the war cry go? Where did the war cry go? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We know that it is true. God, I thank you that you transform lives. I thank you that you know each and every single person, their scenario, where they're at. And you still speak to them right where they're at. So Father God, I pray that you would do so right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We welcome you. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. We thank you that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow. It penetrates to our innermost being, God. Let's speak into our heart. 
When we pray that you would speak, we thank you it does not return void, but accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. So we're here, God. We're hungry for you. And right now, I want every single person to open up their hands and say these words like they're hungry, like they mean it. Say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on. Put your hands for Jesus today. Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on. Come on. But also our worship team. Where are they at? There's someone back there already. For Chris. Come on. Let's put our hands together one more time. Come on. Hey, I'm excited to share the Word of God with you guys today. For those of you that weren't at men's conference, I want to kind of give you a highlight. Highlight of uh, more of like a synopsis of all the things that we covered in a a a two-and-a-half-hour window. So we'll have intermission in about an hour. You can get lunch. I'm joking. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm just going to share with you uh, kind of a synopsis of what we talked about. We covered the story of Gideon. Who's familiar with the story of Gideon? Gideon is a fantastic man in the Bible. You can find his story in the book of Judges chapter 6 through 8. It's a fantastic story about a man who was commissioned by God to set Israel free from the oppressors known as the Midianites. So how the story goes is Israel's inhabiting the promised land. And after several years, they start to compromise uh, with, with their beliefs. They start to worship foreign gods. And so Midian starts, God permits, the Midians start to invade their land. And start to ravage the territory. Start to pluck up all the food and, this, and, and take all of the, the livestock in their lives. And I'm wondering if you're at a point in your life where you feel like the same thing is happening to you. Where you were living in the promised land. But you feel like the promises that God has provided are being taken away. Well, God says he's my provider. But right now, I don't feel like I'm being provided for Well, God says he's my peace, but right now I lay my head down to sleep and I don't feel like I have peace. God has promised these things for you and the devil wants nothing more than to take them. And that's what we see happening in the story of Gideon. Gideon is now in the promised land and Midianites are ravaging the land. 135,000 soldiers are pillaging the land. So Gideon's trying to keep what little promise he has. And he's trying to hold on to it. And we find him in a wine press. And he's threshing, he's threshing the wheat, just trying to hide it from the Midianites. And God shows up to him and he says, Gideon, mighty warrior. Basically, I've heard the cry of my people and I need a man to rise up to be able to set my people free. This happened time and time throughout the Bible. They were all going back to their old ways and God was looking for a man to set the people free free. So Gideon's like, all right, God, if you really want me to do this, this is 135,000 men. You want me to do this, God? I need some confirmation. How many of y'all like some confirmation in your life? God will give you confirmation if you're seeking to do his will, but he will not give you confirmation if you're seeking, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. So God, let me know if I'm not supposed to do your will. So he got confirmation in the act of saying, God, I'm trying to believe you. I'm trying to believe you. Not I'm trying to walk away from you. I'm trying to believe you, and so help me believe. And I tell you, God is always encouraged when people say, help me to believe. The man said, God, I, I, I believe, help my unbelief. That's an important thing to always have. I'm in the midst of it right now, God. I have faith like a mustard seed, but help that faith not to dwindle and go away. And so here he is, and he's up against 135,000 men. He says, all right, God, I'm going to go. I'm going to listen. I'm going to go obey. So he goes down to these several tribes of Israel, and he starts rallying together men. And he rallies together a total of 32,000 
men to fight off the, the Midianites. And God goes to Gideon. He said, hey, good job. Good job. But you got too many men. Because if you actually defeated the enemy with 32,000, you would think that you did it on your own. That you didn't need me. So I need you to kind of scatter out the crowd. You know, thin it out a little bit. So he says, Gideon, go up to the people and say, if anyone's afraid, they can go home. So he's like, God, it's 135,000 men. But you want to thin it out? I mean, imagine the faith to be able to have that. All right, God. Hey, men. God says, if any of you are all scared, you can go on home. So if you're scared, you can skirt off. And 22,000 men leave. 22,000. Imagine being in Gideon's shoes. God, you said if anyone was scared, they all scared. Okay, God, now you got 10,000. We got 10,000 men. You know, I see you. You can, you, know, you can do some things with 10,000 men. You've done it before. You can do it again. One route's 1,000. Uh, 10 routes, 10,000. You know, things like that. You know, I think those numbers add up. We're about 35,000 men short. But I think it'll work, God. I think you can. Gideon, you got too many men. Wait, what? Now I got 10,000. Well, what do you want me to do now? Well, go down to the brook. And those that, that lap out like a, that, that put their mouth to the water, tell them they can go home. But those that actually scoop down and looking around and they're drinking while they're looking around because they're aware of the enemy, they're aware of crocodiles, they're not just bowing their head and just drinking water trying to satisfy their own need, but they're actually aware of while they're getting fed, they're looking around for any enemies or any kind of attacks. That's a deeper teaching. We're not going to go into that. But then there's only 300 men. And so now here Gideon is trying to find courage with 300 men against 135,000. And I don't know if you feel outnumbered today. But I can tell you that God likes a challenge. God likes a challenge because if you think that you can do it on your own, you are actually in the best place of your life to be dependent upon God. That's a great place to land. So I don't know what is shaking you today. I don't know if you feel like you're in a furnace today or it's shaking you to the core and you're like, man, I don't know, Eli, I've reached rock bottom. I can tell you that rock is actually a solid rock that you're called to stand on. That's Jesus Christ. It's good when you hit rock bottom. It's good when you see the need. Oh, man, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I need God. I need God. God isn't your last choice. He's your first option. Well, I got nothing else but to trust God. Well, you should have started there because he will remove everything in your life until you start there. You find your trust in money, God will remove that. You find your trust in, 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 in popularity, God will remove that because God is more concerned about your soul than he is about your purpose. So you think you got it all figured out and everything perfect? God is concerned about your salvation, your eternal destiny. So if it keeps you away from God, God will leg sweep you to show you your need for him. He will. And I'm glad he does. Because I don't want to go throughout my whole life and think that I don't need him. And I get all prideful and boastful and think that I did it all on my own. You know, what kind of place is that? You don't want to live there. You know, God's blessed me. He has blessed me. And I thank him every single day for it. You got money? You thank God for it. You got family? You thank God for it. You got opportunities? You got things out the, out the wazoo? You thank God for it. You say, God, I thank you for every single provision that you've given me. You've got to be dependent upon God. God likes a challenge. He likes a challenge. So here, here, here Gideon is. He's, he's 300 against 135,000 men. Tell me he's got to have some faith. Right? 
And I don't know what you're up against today, but what you're up against, you might need to have some faith. You need some faith today, you can borrow some of mine. You can borrow some of mine. I'm believing for you. God shows up to Gideon and he says, hey, mighty warrior. Gideon says, no, I'm the least in the tribes. I'm the youngest brother of my whole family. What are you talking about, mighty warrior? See, because God sees things in you that you don't see in yourself. And you got to be careful not to take the identity of the world over your situation or over your life. It's not about what you say over you. It's not about what others have said over you. It's about what the Father in heaven has said about you. And he calls you today a mighty warrior. He calls you a mighty warrior. You're a mighty woman of God. You're a mighty man of God. It's not what the world's saying about you. Quit agreeing with the world. Quit finding your identity in the world. Find your identity in Scripture. What's God say about you? He says, you are fearfully and wonderful. Well, I feel like I'm a piece of crap. He said crap in church. But you say it to yourself all the time. God says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Stop cursing what God has blessed. He said, you're a child of God. I don't got a halo. But I know that I'm a child of God. You know? And you got a song to sing. You gotta, but you got to start with just a little bit of faith. Hey, things can get better. It may not make sense. It may not make sense right now, believing for tomorrow. But faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. Faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. And you got to be able to have that confidence. Like, I don't see it right now, God, but I'm going to choose to trust you. God, I don't got much right now. All I got is a little mustard seed. God says, that's all you need because I like a challenge. I like a challenge. You think that you can't do it on your own? Hey, you're in the perfect. Your setback is really just a setup because I need something to show my glory through. And I need a person that they know that if God doesn't show up, there ain't no way things are going to work out. So you're in a prime position for a miracle, but you're letting worry control your worship. You're letting worry control your praise. So you're going through life and you're sitting there like, man, I don't know how it's going to work out. God says tomorrow's got enough trouble in itself. He says, I'm your provider. Find it in me. I'm your healer. Find it in me. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't get a J-O-B. You got to take responsibility for yourself. That doesn't mean that you don't see medical professionals if you got something going on. You got to take responsibility for yourself. But you're not putting your faith in your circumstance. You're putting your faith in a God who is above your circumstance. So here we have Gideon. He's got 300 men, and he's starting to lose heart. He's saying, man, I don't know how this is going to work out, but God, I got a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith is all God needs. God, I got a little bit of faith, but can you, like, help me know? Can you, like, give me some confirmation or something? So God says, all right, you need some more faith? Go down to the Midianite camp. I want you to listen to what they're talking about. So it's in the middle of the night. He goes down to the, the, the Midian camp, and one guy's like, God, dude, I had a dream. And the other bro's like, what was it, bro? And he's like, I had a dream. I don't know why I'm talking like a surfer, bro, but I had a dream. And it was this big piece of barley that came rolling down the hill, bro, and it wiped us all out. And the other one's like, dude, totally. I saw that, too. You know what? That's nothing other than Gideon. The God has anointed him to wipe us out. You know, because Israel was a big nation, much bigger than the Midianites that were ravaging the land. 
They were, many scholars agree that they were able to muster, had everyone responded, over 600,000 men to fight against Midian. So if you are Midian, you're like, hey, I know what could come against me. So they had the right to be fearful, but Gideon needed a confirmation that the battle had already been won. So here he is in Judges chapter 7, verse 15. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up, the Lord's given the Midianite camp into your hands. So what was his first response? He bowed down in worship when he heard the interpretation. That, he didn't win yet. He was still outnumbered 300 to 135,000. He didn't win yet, but he chose to worship regardless of his circumstance. You know what I take away from this? Is that you cannot let your circumstance dictate your response. You can't. If you're a man of faith, if you're a woman of faith, you cannot let your worship be stifled by your circumstance. You cannot let your circumstance dictate your response and how you see that circumstance. You may not seek, see how it's going to work out, but faith doesn't make sense until it's hindsight. It's believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. Come on. I'm preaching way better than you guys are responding right now. I feel like you need to be able to receive a word today and get some hungry for the word of God because I believe God has it available for you today. You need some faith? Borrow some of mine. I've seen God be faithful time and time again. I've seen God heal. I've seen God make breakthrough. God can do more in a day than you can do in an hour, in a lifetime. God can do more in one second than you can do in an entire lifetime. God can open up doors that every single man has shut, but God's like, nah, nah, nah. I got the key. Come on. And you got to be able to learn to praise even when you don't even see how it's going to work out. You got to learn how to praise in the valley. The book of Isaiah 61 says that he will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of affliction, a spirit of despair. God will give that to you in the midst of it not looking like it's going to work out. God will give that to you. He says, put it on. I've given it to you. Put it on. Put it on. And I tell you that the most powerful form of praise is one that cannot be defeated by circumstance. It's easy to praise God when everything is going right in your life. It's easy, thank you. Okay, I'm just gonna preach to you, Mike. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right, isn't it? But what about when things aren't going right? It's easy to praise God when you got the $20,000 bonus. It's easy to praise God when you got the promotion. It's easy to praise God when you got the girl, when you got the guy. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. But what about when you're down on your luck? Hey, we will look at the word. Yeah. What do you do when you're down on your luck? What's in that word? Just throw on that garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Throw on that garment of praise. You got to be a person that I don't let my praise be dictated by my circumstance. I know God's got it all worked out. Gideon worshiped and the battle hadn't yet been won. So let's go back to Psalm 150. What does worship look like? What does praise look like? He says, praise the Lord. Praise God in this sanctuary. Praise him when everything's going well. Nope. Just praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for all of his benefits. Nope. Praise him for all of his acts of power. Praise him when everything's going well and it's going perfectly fine. Nope. There are no contingencies on this. This is what we're called to do as people of God. Let everything that has breath. What's that say in that last verse? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We can praise him with our instruments. 
We can praise him with our dancing. You know, some of you guys see this. This took a while for this to be allowed in church, these drums here. Like, some people think, like, that's the devil. Uh, it's true. Four, 50 years ago, we were looking, that's the devil. You know, there's several psalms that are, word, that are written with Philistine instruments. The Giddith, and here's another little story for all you guys that are at men's conference. Psalm 81 is a praise psalm. And it talks about the, I think it's 81 or 84, it talks about the, it's written to the, the tune of the Giddith. The Giddith is a type of, of beat, you know. You know what the beat is actually? It's actually called to the beat of the wine press. So God finds Gideon who has that inside of him. He's already worshiping. He's already a worshiper. He's already a person. So God's like, you know what, I need someone that doesn't get weary when the, when the world's coming around him. He knows how to keep praising. He's already got the beat in his heart. He's just got to let it out. He's just got to let it out. He says, let that beat, let that praise out. You're a worshiper at heart. That says, praise him. Praise him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, Luke 19 kind of goes into that. Luke 19 says, when he came near the place, this is Jesus, where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. You know, my most powerful form of praise, when I think about where I would have been, could have been, should have been, if he hadn't stepped in, I should be dead, but I got to praise on the inside. I got to let it out right now. So some of my most powerful praise is when I remember where I was and how God stepped down in that miry pit that I was in and pulled me out. I'm like, thank you, God. I shouldn't even be here right now. You shouldn't. So you got to be able to tap into that time when God set you free. Well, I'm lacking joy today. He says, Restroy, restore the joy of my salvation. David was in that point. You're not alone. If you get in that point, you're not alone. There's all sorts of mountaintops and valleys that we have. But God says, I have made level paths for your feet. So you have the highs and the lows. Bible says that you will produce fruit in every season. May make level paths. Oh, valley be raised up. Oh, mountain be made low. Because God is giving level paths for your feet. So you don't got to worry about, I'm depressed one day. I'm happy the next. I'm depressed one day. He's like, no, no, no. Consistency is your portion. Peace is your promise. I lay my head down. I'm full of anxiety. God says, no, 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 no. I have already purchased peace for you on the cross. So you don't got to worry about the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that walks by night. You don't got to worry that a thousand may fall at your right hand or 10,000 on your left. He says, it won't come near you. So you got to be able to put your faith, not in your circumstance, but in the God who is above your circumstance. You got to be able to do that. Otherwise, you'll find yourself being depressed and compressed and your voice will be stifled. The devil's trying to take away your praise. He's trying to take away your worship. Don't let him. You got to be able to have that heart. I'm throwing a song. Oh, yeah, okay. You're going to come at me like that? Well, I got a song on the inside. I'm going to be riding down in my car. Yeah, I know my boss just yelled at me, but I know God is good. I know God is with me. I know God is for me. I know he is strong. I know he is mighty. I wonder what that, what Gideon was saying when he worshiped. I wonder what song that he sang. Huh? I think, and here I stand, the enemy all around, I will not fear. 
I'm standing on holy ground. Here comes the king of glory. So here Gideon is right now. What ground is he standing on? The promises. The promised land. He's standing on the promises of God. And so here he goes after this enemy. All he has is a torch in his hand. The Bible says they just had torches and trumpets. They didn't bring no swords. Because the sword, they said, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. The sword was actually in their mouths, their praise, before the battle was ever even won. They carried the trumpet and they carried the light. The lights in your heart. The lights in your spirit. The Bible says we have this treasure in jars of clay. What was that fire in? A jar made of clay, and they broke it to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Though we are hard-pressed on every side, we're not abandoned, perplexed but not in the spirit, persecuted, struck down but not destroyed. We got to have that in our heart, the Holy Spirit in our heart, but we can't let our worship stop. The worship happened before the walls of Jericho fell down. They shouted those trumpets. They shouted. They let the praise out. And then those walls fell down. They let that praise out. They all shout on this hill. And the Bible says that the Midian turned on themselves. They freaked out. 135,000 men freaked out and started fighting each other because they didn't realize. They were actually, okay, they were actually in a bowl, like a valley. And Gideon broke up 300 into three different groups, 100, 100, 100. And they had, they said that when these 300 men yelled, it would have sounded like 300,000 men because it would have echoed throughout the whole valley. You may feel like you're surrounded. <laughs> Elisha said this, God, open his eyes, my servant's eyes, so that he can see that greater are those that are with us than those that are against us. He opens up his eyes and he sees chariots of fire surrounding the Assyrian army. You got to be able to realize that greater is he that is for you than the depression that attacks you at night, than the financial uncertainty that attacks you by midday, the arrow that flies to your mind and your face each and every day saying you're not good enough. Failure awaits you. You got to be able to look at, no, no, my God is with me. God is for me. God is strong. God is mighty. Yeah, but you just got the demotion. God is with me. God is for me. God is strong. God is mighty. Yeah, but how are you going to provide for your kids? No, no, no. God is with me. God is for me. God is strong. God is mighty. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. This isn't self-talk. This isn't no TED talk. This isn't just positive talk. This is Holy Spirit Jesus talk. I'm going to align myself with the promises that God has already set. So I'm not going to let my circumstance dictate my praise. So Jesus' response to this in Luke 19, to the people that were praising for all the miracles they had seen. They were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. Some of the Pharisees, though, in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. What's Psalm 150 say? Let everything that has breath, it is your anointing, your purpose to praise and to worship. And you can stand to your feet. It is your anointing. Don't let the world shut out your praise. See, do not let the devil rob you of your praise and your circumstance. Don't let him do it. You've got to be able to have a heart, though. 
Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil, because I know God is with me. God is for me. God is strong. God is mighty. The Lord's so strong and mighty. He's with you. Mighty warrior. You got to learn to hear what God says over you. You got to learn what God says over your past. Oh, man. I think God's on that right there. Some of you all have been living in your past regrets, saying, God can't redeem that. Jesus says he carried everything, past, present, and future. You trust in Jesus, he's got you. You got to be able to remember that. No matter what you've gone through, you are not what you did. The Bible says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are being renewed day by day. So the decisions that you made, decisions that you made last night, you got to be able to say, no, I'm not that. I know I did that, but I'm not that. I'm a new creation. It's it's not I who did it, but sin living in me. Because the Bible says I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come, but the old wants to creep up every once in a while. He said, no, no, no. i got to take captive every thought and make it submitted to God's word. So there's this tension that goes on. I'm there. I'm not there. I want to be there, but I'm not there yet. And that will never cease until we leave this earth. It'll never stop. So get used to it. You know, a wise person once said, a person who loves the journey will get there before the person who loves the destination. And if you learn to say, yeah, I know I have high tops and lows, but God says, the valley will be raised up, the mountain break, because I got level paths for your feet. I got peace that surpasses all understanding. So I got to fear that valley or that arrow that flies at night or anything that comes by day, God says it won't come near me. But let's keep going, let's keep going. It says, Jesus says, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. It is your mandate to praise even when it's not going well. If, I don't know I had you stand up, but if you're t- still taking notes, take note of this, that your praise preludes your victory. Your praise preludes your victory. So you got to be able to have that. Some of y'all have stories that you reflect on far too often, and you got to be able to have some foresight. You know, if God is with me, I don't got to worry about what's coming. Hey, hey, even your dreams that God spoke to you. Some of y'all, I don't see how that's going to happen. Perfect place. So I got to try to find my way to make this thing happen because God said it. If God said it's going to happen, did God not say it? Now, I believe that you're supposed to apply yourself. God says, hey, you're supposed to be an engineer. You're like, I'm just going to start building buildings and never go to school to learn about it. No, you got to apply yourself to it. Gideon said, get up. God's given it into our hands. They had to get up. They had to get the torches. They had to get the, the trumpets. They had to do something. But God fought the battle. God fought the battle. So if you feel like you're overwhelmed, the battle doesn't belong to you. God told Jehoshaphat, he should just watch and see how the Lord will deliver you. Don't worry about it. Just watch and see. And I can't help but think of a story in the Bible where God delivered the apostles, Paul and his, his man Silas, in the middle of a prison cell. It's in Acts chapter 16. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They were in prison because they were doing the Lord's will. They were going around preaching the gospel, casting out demons. You may think if I'm in the perfect will of God, nothing bad will happen to me. But what if God was more about your discomfort and the devil was more about your comfort? 
Some of y'all have things come up in your life and you're like, man, I, I don't know about this. The devil must be attacking me. It's like, no, no, God's refining you. So these things come up in your life. Well, I thought I, got, I thought I dealt with that. No, you just buried it. So when these things come up, anxiety, all these things that keep coming up in your life, the Holy Spirit's bringing them to you because God doesn't comfort us in our comfort. He comforts us in our affliction. So these things that come up, God says, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to shape you. I need to address that. You know that loneliness that you feel when people leave? You know that fear of abandonment that you have? He said, I'm bringing that up because it's my desire that you be whole in Jesus Christ. Not part, but this thing that you don't see, you didn't see before is holding you back. And it's coming up to the surface so that it can be confronted and dealt with. So that it can be confronted, that compromise can be confronted and dealt with. And what you do with it determines if you'll revisit that. Because you can bury it or you can confront it. Because God's trying to shape you and purify you. The devil's actually the one that does, wants you to just have kind of like smooth sailing. Nothing going, everything going perfect so that you realize you don't need God. I mean, that's a deeper teaching. We might be talking about that during our Hell and Back series here in uh, uh, next week. We're going to start that. How God can use bad things for his good. Amen. I'm excited for it. But here we have Paul and Silas doing the Lord's will and they're in prison. It says at midnight. At midnight, they were singing. Do you let your circumstance dictate your praise? Or do you say, excuse me for a minute, but I've got a song to sing. Do you have that in your heart? You say, regardless of what I'm going through, because when I think of where I would have been, should have been, could have been, if he hadn't stepped in, oh, i got to praise on the inside. i got to let it out right now. You know? I wonder what song they were singing, you know? They were singing a song, and then all of a sudden, it says that an earthquake happened. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Not just the people that were worshiping, but the people that were listening. What if someone else's freedom was actually linked to your praise in your season of affliction? Huh? you got to be able to choose to pray. Like, what if someone else's breakthrough is linked to your decision to say, I don't care, hell or high water. Living hell, whatever it may be, or high water. And if you're offended that I said hell, then be offended. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to choose to praise. So it's at midnight because God changes it in a second. It goes, it's a new day. 11.59, midnight, it's a new day. When you start to praise, you got a new perspective. God's going to work it out for his good. Because it may not make sense right now, but faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in, adverse, in reverse. And I believe that God is saying to this church, saying, where'd your war cry go? Where'd your praise go? You let your circumstance muzzle your voice. And spiritually, I feel like God was speaking to the men of this house, but also I think the church in general, that the men need to start being worshipers and have their war cry back. Some men just sit back and they just stare at the screen. Oh, that's not me. Oh, but you see that football game, you're like, yeah! yeah. Hey, everything that has breath, amen. So you're sitting here and you're watching worship and you're not being a part of what God's doing. You're not going to have that breakthrough. 
I want to encourage you today, get your war cry back. Women in here, get your war cry back. You may not have the victory yet, but you got to get your war cry back. And I can imagine Paul and Silas in this prison, I think of what kind of song that they sing. Can I tell you, you got a song in your heart? And there's times when you're walking the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak to you things. you got a song in your heart. you got to let it out. I don't care if it's a new song that you heard. I don't care if it's an old song. I don't care what it is, but you got to have that song. And I love what is happening in worship nowadays because I feel like the reason why men have been passive is because our songs have been turned feminine. And so it, we will, and, and I love it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. But we can't live there because God's the lamb, but he's also the lion. And so we'll sing about sloppy wet kiss, but we hardly ever sing about the battle and the, and the war that was fought. So all the men with testosterone are like, this don't fit my. Sloppy wet kiss. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't really speak to men. God's a lion too. That's why I love what Elevation Worship is doing. They sing that song, Lion. They got a lot of flack for that. That ain't a worship song. He says, I, the people that wrote it said, we didn't write it for you. We wrote it for our church. Not, not like our church, but their church. Some of y'all pay $100 to go to a concert. Elevation Worship is coming in town next Monday. You won't pay 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 30 bucks to get into that concert and worship God together with the whole city. You got to praise on the inside. You got to let it out. And sometimes that's different types of songs. You don't have to sing the songs I sing. I don't think you want to sing the songs I sing. I sing songs like, These are the days of Elijah preparing the way of the Lord. <laughs> like, those are my songs. Those are the songs I have in my heart. Your song might be, What a beautiful name it is. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. The other day, we were at the fire pit on Friday night, and we were burning these boards. Let me see those boards. We were burning them, and I saw these guys walking around with these boards on. And on these boards, we put all of our burdens, you know, the things that we've come into an agreement with that don't line up with the Word of God, and we throw them into a fire. And as I'm walking, I'm seeing all these men, we're walking over to the bonfire, and I started just getting a song in my heart. I haven't heard this song in eight months, six months, whatever. I haven't heard it. And all of a sudden, this song, because it was in my spirit, and I had to let it out, you know? And I'm having a, it's, it's the, the song, Jesus at the Center. By Israel Houston, Houston, not Houston, Houston. Joel Houston, you know. <laughs> Israel Houston, and this is the part I was just walking. I could just hear my spirit saying, "From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, 'cause it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens." They're carrying their burdens. They're still worshiping. They're carrying their burdens, but they still choose to praise. They still choose to worship. You got to have it in your heart that no matter how many burdens you have, no matter what you're carrying, whether it be two burdens, you got to have it in your heart. Like, no, I don't care if I'm in prison. I don't care if I'm going to be killed. I don't care what I'm up against. To the heavens, Jesus be. Come on, you gotta get your war cry back. Come on, you gotta get your praise back today. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, 
please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.